We have Rolling Stones tickets to give away coming up a little later on the show. Right now, time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Hi, I'm uh, calling about the Rolling Stones tickets. <laughs> is there is there a seniors rate for anybody other than members of the band? If I could get them, <laughs> if I could get them for anybody, I would get them for you because I would love to see you at the Rolling Stones concert. It's very very exciting. And, it is exciting. Uh, I love the intro music. Uh, God, Charlie Watts was a fantastic drummer. Really was. I know, really was. That's going to be such a show. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> housing, though, right now, because yes, not yes. as exciting as the Rolling Stones, but boy, it sure does whip up the passions uh, because there's still concern about these housing plans that the NDP government has announced. Yeah, I mean, the government's brought in five pieces of legislation that sweep away local government power over housing. Collectively, the implications are huge. And I really think out there that the public, uh, mayors, councillors, opposition critics, pundits are all digesting the meaning of it all. But you're starting to see some well-researched pushback. And I want to draw attention to some work done by Andy Yan at Simon Fraser University, He's got a piece, a report out today, and there's a piece in The Sun by Katie DeRosa about it. And he says he's, he's taken a look at the government legislation that will change zoning around transit stations, so SkyTrain stations and major bus exchanges. The government's basically saying buildings of up to 20 stories will be allowed in those places. And you can see why uh, you want a lot of people living around transit stations and bus loops because it reduces the need for traffic. Get it. What Yan's done is he's looked at the actual places that will be covered by this, and then he's looked at who lives there now. And what he's found is about half of the places around the stations that will now have buildings of up to 20 stories He's found that about half of those places, people living there now are renters in purpose-built rental housing. And he says this will have implications beyond the government intended. Here's the problem. You've got low-rise, old rental apartment buildings, and they'll be torn down for state-of-the-art modern 20-story high-rises. And what you're going to get is a whole bunch of metro towns around transit stations, SkyTrain stations, bus loops, um, for better or for worse. And you remember the controversy for years over metro town was rental evictions. <clears throat> Old buildings, not marketable, uh, torn down, replaced with more expensive buildings, and the people that were evicted couldn't afford to live there. Right. They're concerned about it, but Burnaby has done this multiple times. They did it in Metrotown, well, they did it in Brentwood, they're doing it in Lowheed. Yes, and it's interesting, the mayor of Burnaby is echoing Yan's concern. So Mike Hurley of Burnaby, remember how he got elected? He got elected uh, in the backlash against Derek Corrigan, who rightly or wrongly was blamed for the wave of rent evictions in Burnaby. Uh, it was blamed for going too far in tearing down old housing stock and not protecting the people that were evicted because of it. And that's how Hurley became mayor. So he's echoing these concerns. Um, Yan has a solution as well, and I, I really like it when academics who do this kind of research and well-documented uh, come out and say, you know, here's what the government should do. And what he's saying is the New Democrats should step in and provide protection 
for renters in these areas. Yes. Uh, make sure they're looked after. They're not just kicked out on the street and replace and have their building replaced with something they can't afford. And so far, and then questions come up. The housing minister Catalan has been asked the question. Oh no, we're going to leave that up to local councils. So the government's running roughshod over local councils in terms of zoning. They won't even let them hold public hearings. And now they're saying, well, we're going to leave it to them to solve this problem of rent evictions because we don't really want to deal with that. Well, you know, I, I think this is a, a very effective pushback, uh, one that uh, ought to be the government itself should pay attention to it. Yan has also flagged another concern, which is the two areas in Vancouver that will be affected by these 20-story high-rises are Gastown and Chinatown. And he says this, without protections, is going to be a license to tear down heritage buildings into heritage communities in Vancouver. So, you know, I don't think anybody's saying don't try to increase housing density around transit stations and uh, rapid transit and bus stations, SkyTrain. But think about the implications. And Simi, I would say as a general criticism of what the government's done, this legislation is rushed. There are mm -hmm. big holes in it that they haven't explained. And they're pushing back against legitimate criticism by saying, oh, you're all in the pocket of the developers. Well, some <laughs> of the developers love this legislation. It's not, it's not just, you know, developers that are out there complaining. Yan is a good example of a well-informed academic who's just said, hey, folks, you know, let's look at what this might mean that you may not even have intended. Yeah. And also they've done this before. They've tweaked things before. So I don't understand the opposition to them saying, you know what, you're right. Yes, we don't want to see this happen. So we'll put a few protections in there for that. What is well, the problem there? You know, Simi, they're in very, very aggressive political mode at the moment. The premier wants results before the next election. He's driving this out of the premier's office. Even the ministers in the government don't have an awful lot of say in some of this. And, you know, the, the provincial bureaucracy, which has very little experience with zoning and, uh, you know, market housing, is suddenly taking control of all this. And not surprisingly, some local councils are going, all right, well, they've got a legislative majority and they're probably going to win the next election, so we better go along with this. Some municipalities are saying, hang on a minute, you know, before we rush into all this, let's just take a look at the implications, mm -hmm. including, because because mayors and councillors don't want their taxpayers to wake up some morning and discover yeah. that, you know, their rental building is being knocked down for 20 stories, or uh, the, the lot across the street is going to be replaced with, you know, a six-unit multiplex, because people don't follow this stuff all that closely, and they rely on their local council to protect them. And of course, all of those protections are being stripped away by the new Democrats. And we are back talking with Vaughn Palmer this morning. And we'll talk about the big announcement uh, that we heard from the opposition leader, the BC United leader, Kevin Falcon, yesterday. Yeah, Kevin Falcon, the leader of BC United, and uh, he's got a bit of an ad campaign going on this as well, has rolled out uh, plan, his own climate action plan. So he wants to back off uh, a lot of the uh, ambitious targets in clean BC because he says the impact on the provincial economy would be enormous. 
Uh, we've already heard from him saying that uh, he's going to tweak the carbon tax and he's going to go all in on LNG. So we've been thinking uh, the opposition is going to have to throw some ideas out there to contrast itself to the government, uh, election a year away. And we've now got a fairly dramatic announcement from BC United. And we'll see what the public response is. Um, but that's the, the gist of what they announced yesterday. I think uh, Surrey, Board of Trade, right? A yes. In Surrey, yeah. Yeah, so they're going to get rid of Clean BC. Now, what is Clean BC exactly? Well, Clean BC is a subject of a war of words, I think, right now. And the, the key thing that the New Democrats, this is the NDP government's climate action plan. And the key target is very ambitious. They want to reduce emissions in BC by 40% of where they were in 2007 by 2030. So seven years, well, six years now, they're going to reduce emissions. And the BC Business Council has put out a report <clears throat> saying that the impact of that reduction would be about $28 billion on the provincial gross domestic product. So BC's GDP is about $300 million, so it's the equivalent of about 10% economic growth less over the, the next six years. That's the report. And it's interesting, Simi, the government ignored that report when it first came out. It started to come out in dribs and drabs over the summer, and then they mocked it. They said, oh, BC Business Council doesn't understand our plan. It's misinformed. Uh, it's not helpful and all of that. Well, you know, uh, Business Council's chief economist, Ken Peacock, came back with a letter to the government this week, and he said, you know, uh, you don't like this number of $28 billion impact on the economy. It's your number. He got the number from the government's own analysis of the economic implications of its climate action hmm. plan. So the 28, this isn't some number picked out of the air by a climate denier. It's the government's own number. And I think I'd have to say so far what I've heard in the legislature from George Heyman, the environment minister who's handling the defense on this, is very dismissive, but he doesn't acknowledge, for starters, that it's his number. And he doesn't really, he claims there are ways to rectify this, but he doesn't really address that very effectively either, because a lot of what the Business Council analysis is saying almost all of it, is taken from the government's own analysis. So it's just repeating the government's figures back to it. And the New Democrats put this economic analysis out. It's their job to defend it. And instead, they're denying pretty much what's in it. Okay. And so what are they claiming? Will they claim that oh, it's gonna, we'll get the growth from other parts of the economy? Well, yeah. You know, they, they say two things in the main. I mean, we start off with you don't know what you're talking about. Well, that one's kind of demolished by the fact that the numbers are taken from the government's own report. So then the next line of defense is, well, you know, yeah, we're going to reduce activity in some areas, but we'll make it up elsewhere. Well, again, uh, the government's own economic analysis does not explain where the offsetting growth will come from to offset the reduction from all the things they're doing that are going to depress economic activity. So then we get to the ultimate line of defense. I mean, you hear this from climate action right across the board. If we don't do this, 
we're looking at a future of more floods and more wildfires and everything. Um, there's an inconvenient truth out there that the government doesn't want to acknowledge. Uh, British Columbia contributes to uh, 0.19% of global emissions. Those floods and those wildfires are going to happen, Simi, whether we shut down our entire provincial economy or not. Uh, the Business Council report is saying a wiser course is to prepare our infrastructure, our do preventive forestry, wildfire prevention. All of that should be done and by all means have some climate action. But to take a, a course of action that will lead major impact on the economy when we need economic growth to pay for all the stuff we need to do is essentially the reply. Um, as I say, it's a... It's a powerful argument. It's debatable. It deserves to be taken seriously by the government, and they should, you know, come back if they've got a better analysis. But at the moment, all we're getting is, you're just a bunch of climate deniers, right? You don't want to, you know, uh, save the world. And I think given the implications for the BC economy from the government's own economic analysis, mm -hmm. uh, the criticisms here should be taken seriously. Absolutely. Avon, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. That's Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun. If you want to weigh in, Simi at cknw.com.